Welcome to the Growth League podcast, where we interview business owners who have experienced quantum leap growth in their business. In each episode, we're going to dive deep into our guests' firsthand experience about what it was like 90 days before and 90 days after that point when their business started experiencing massive growth. This is a good one today, guys. I am here with the president of Shane Holmes, uh, Mr. Shane Wenzel. And uh, Shane, thanks so much for being here. I I, I don't like to do uh, the typical sort of read off the bio. So I'm just going to tell the, the listeners a little bit um, in terms of what I've picked up in, in following you a little bit. And you can fill in some of the gaps and and bring in a little bit more of the color because uh, I know it's a very colorful story. <laughs> for sure. Go ahead. So, if you are if you are from Alberta or Calgary and area and and you've been living here for the last number of years, you definitely know who uh, who Shane Holmes is. Um, I think it was it was 2019. Shane, you guys did it was your 40th year, right? Yeah. Un- unbelievable. So you know, growing up as a kid, you know, you recognize the name. I work out at the YMCA in Rocky Ridge, so you see that everywhere. <laughs> um, very philanthropic group, um, very community involved. Um, and, and Shane has had sort of all experiences uh, with, with the group from when he was a kid, you know, being on site to, to playing a very strong and active role in the, in, in the marketing department. And then, and now obviously uh, serving as the president. And uh, I know you like to dabble in marketing and we'll, we'll get into that a little bit more, which is awesome. So um, tell us, uh, tell us a little bit more what I missed Shane and, and thank you for being on the show. Yeah, well, it feels like I've been here forever because I actually started on the job when I was uh, was 14 years old. You know, my father uh, didn't, you know, at a certain point didn't believe that I should be sitting around all summer. <laughs> he felt that, uh, you know, maybe I should get out in the job sites and get my hand because we were a young company and, uh, you know, and they needed the help. So I started off as a general laborer. And I still remember the story, you know, John Hearshop showing up at the house about 7, 7.30 in the morning, picking me up, taking me to the job site, dropping me off and saying, here's your list of things to do when you're done. You can, you know, walk five blocks down to the trailer and, and, uh, and catch up with me. And I did that uh, every summer, uh, every professional development day, to be honest with you, uh, you know, from the time I was 14 till, uh, till I was 18. So, you know, I had that work ethic hammered into me from a very young age. That's why I say it. I've been here forever. Well, um, you know, being here forever as a, as a company and, and as a as a leader of a company is, is a good thing. And it's even better when um, when you guys are so involved in the community and, and the things that you've done. Um, I think the first ever, I was reading something in the first, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but the first ever philanthropic move you guys made was with Ronald McDonald House? Um, Ronald McDonald House, yeah. Callum Barry gave $25,000 to the Ronald McDonald House. Uh, which is amazing. Uh, tell me, what are you guys involved in right now? Seems like everything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of, uh, uh, you know, best, but, you know, we had to uh, develop a specific criteria around who we could support. Right. Uh, you know, so, I mean, yeah, you know, the Rocky Ridge YMCA, uh, well, we're the major sponsor of that. Uh, and part of the reason is, yeah, we love, uh, we love the concept behind, uh, you know, community organizations like the YMCA Recreation Center because it, you know, it covers off things like health, wellness, and education. And that one being state of the art, I mean, that was, 
but that, that was kind of a done deal. I can't yeah. wait till you can actually use it again. <laughs> yeah, that would be nice. But, uh, you know, I mean, we've done that uh, out in Airdrie. We've done that down in Okotoks. Uh, you know, we, uh, we helped uh, with, uh, with, with their library. Uh, you know, we're involved in Calgary Minor Soccer through their uh, U8 program. They're, uh, you know, they have, uh, they have their soccer tournaments every year. We provide scholarships there. Uh, you know, we're involved through Bow Valley with, uh, with scholarships. This goes on and on, so yeah, we have to sit down and review. Well, that's good. Yeah, no, that's that's a good uh, that's a good thing to be involved in. Um, so the growth, the Growth League podcast, it's all about talking about growth, sustainable growth, and scale. But you can't have a meaningful conversation about that until we we know the origin. So for a little bit here, can you bring us back to 79 um, and tell us, tell us what you remember as obviously a young guy at that point. Well, you know what, how the company started, that's uh, yeah, that was started by my father's business partner at the time, Barry Ballsley. And both of them worked Jimmy Pattison company called me shelter here in Calgary. And, uh, and they built mobile homes and, you know, and sold them all over. Uh, you know, Cal was the vice president of sales and marketing. Barry was his uh, his sales manager. And uh, you know, those who know the story of Jim Pattison know that uh, this guy travels around. He's got this, you know, this highlighter in his uh, inside front pocket. And uh, he loves his quarterly meetings with uh, with all. And uh, it just so happens he was in town for uh, for a meeting and a discussion on on the business. And, uh, you know, he asked the simple question, is it worthwhile keeping this, uh, this business going? Like, is there, uh, is there any upside to it? And I guess on the management team, Cal was the only one to sit there and say, no, you're gaining market share. You're losing margin. What's the point in keeping it open? It's a, it's a fizzling industry. It's going by way of the dodo. Yeah. So he talked himself out of a job, but, uh, <laughs> you know, knowing Jim Pattison, he, uh, he knew that before he even went into the discussion. So uh, Cal Severance was a little larger than uh, than most around the table, just because of his honesty. And uh, he took that severance and asked his uh, his sales manager Barry Balsley, who was uh, who was his partner for twenty years in Shane Homes, uh, if they wanted to start a home building company. So that's what happened in nineteen seventy nine. And a uh, little known fact is that uh, the fellows didn't sell a house for the first six months in business because you know, I mean, you look at the economy; we're going through. Uh, you know, the NEP and a lot of, uh, a lot of changes here. Uh, I think after six months, my mother took pity on them. She's actually our first customer, believe it or not. Come on. And uh, she asked uh, the fellas to build a uh, revenue property for her. So they built her a duplex. First home we ever built was a duplex. That's awesome. <laughs> and so they were, they were obviously the founders of the company, but they also had shovel in the ground themselves, right? Uh, oh, yeah odds and sods jobs on the job site and uh you know where that ended for cal was uh, one day both him and barry were building a deck on the, uh, the back of a house and barry uh, barry tells the story as you know i heard cal hammering and then i heard no hammer he said eventually i turned around he said there's no cal but he i can hear this moaning so he says i walk over to the end of the deck and he said there's cal laying on the ground moaning in pain He'd fallen off the deck and he had broken his collarbone. No. And that was actually the last day that Cal worked on the job site. Well, that makes sense. That would he be- was in the office at, at that point. So there's never, 
I think a lot of us entrepreneurs and business leaders, and we think that mistakenly so, but you know, the books and the movies tell us that there's hockey stick growth. There's a moment in time when growth happens. We know that it happens in cycles, right? Yeah. But I, I wondered if you can tell us a little bit about maybe one or two of the more meaningful growth curves that, that you've uh, either seen firsthand or, or been a part of uh, leading for Shane. Well, you know what? There's a couple that come to mind. Uh, you know, back in 1990 or 1984, sorry, not 94, 84, uh, where the first hockey stick happened for Shane Holmes was uh, Cal, uh, Cal and Barry had made a deal on uh, 72, 77 lots in Northeast Calgary in the community of Falcon Ridge. <laughs> and they came up with this, uh, this plan to build 70 or sell 77 houses in three days because they got the lots at such a good deal. Uh, they had taken these homes, they built these, these rectangle boxes with nine windows and two doors, and, and uh, they all had the same siding uh, color, the uh, same uh, roofing color, everything, and this was just gonna be a great, uh, great sale. Well, the three-day sale never happened because too many people heard about it and, and, and bought them all out from them uh, before they could even, uh, wow. even have the sale. So that was the first time we had seen that hockey stick go, and uh, you know, fortunately, they were able to get their hands on a, on about fifty-two more lots, and they, uh, you know, they were able to uh, to pull that off again at a little higher price. But uh, you know, that hockey stick just continued because uh, not too many years later, uh, my father Cal and uh, and Jay Westman of uh, Jamin Masterbuilt got together, and they formed the company Excel Homes. Right. And that was the division that was going to do all the laned or garageless homes in that corner. So that hockey stick growth kind of went like that and then went like that in a different division. So what what's the next well, are you guys in, in sustain mode right now? Or is there another is there another mountain looming that that is peaking your curiosity in terms of increased growth that you can talk about? <laughs> well, I can talk about it. Uh, um, but I guess, uh, well, I mean, you know, I mean, that was the first time we experienced it. Uh, okay, let me tell you, uh, you know, back in 2008 and 2009, uh, we, we experienced that hockey stick again. Uh, you know, that's when, uh, you know, everybody else, the entire world is in a uh, world economic crisis. And here we are with low interest rates and, uh, and an emphasis uh, by a conservative government on housing. And uh, we watched as housing became an investment. Uh, we're to the point we could have sold over a thousand houses for a company that was built for, you know, five to 550. <laughs> and that, uh, that was a bit of a surprise when, you know, in January you should sell 40 houses and you sell 91. That was, uh, that was probably the best learning experience that we ever had. And, uh, you know, but that was that other hockey stick growth pattern, you know, more recently. And that, uh, that was a bit of a shocker. Hmm. But it was one that uh, you learn a lot from. You know, don't get me wrong; it was fun for about the first three months, and we had to figure out how to build everything. But we did cap the sales off at six hundred and fifty for a lot of reasons, because you know you didn't have the trade base, you couldn't, uh, so you couldn't build the houses uh, fast enough. Uh, you couldn't, uh, you couldn't get a big enough line to the bank. But more importantly, you wanted to be able to service customers properly, right. and you didn't want to do any brand damage at the same time, right. all for the sake of greed. 
Totally. And that's, and that's what I wanted to ask next is that you attribute a lot of these hockey stick growths to economic environment, but we all know it's a lot more than that. Uh, the, 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 the values and the, the pillars that you guys put in place, what were the, in hindsight, or, or maybe even in, in current sight, what are your ingredients or what in your mind are the ingredients that any company or yours needs to leverage and needs to have in place to grow sustainably and, and, and grow right? If, <laughs> uh, I always tell people, yeah, having those values in place and not bullshit values, real values that, you know, that people in the organization buy into. You know, they're here because they uh, they believe in the same things. Uh, you know, but we've always made, placed a lot of emphasis on the, uh, you know, the people in our organization, the processes that we have in place that, you know, that helped us get there. Uh, we've always placed our customers at the top of the organizational chart, but uh, we've always made it a, a really strong point to be financially stable as well. Mm. I'm, uh, I'm always amazed when I hear about companies that, you know, don't get together monthly and and have monthly management meetings to at least understand where they are financially and really communicate and share that information uh, openly and freely. Right. Uh, that only spells disaster in the long run. What role is tech? I know you're a tech uh, guy, right? Yeah. Yeah. What role I was for seven years. I was involved in Tech Canada. What role did that group and, and what role do groups like that play for, you know, company leaders and, is it a good experience for you? Is it instrumental? Is it? You know what? If you're in, the, if you end up in the right group of business advisors, that's the most beneficial experience you're ever going to have. And I would, uh, I would highly recommend anybody uh, in business to get involved with that, no matter what the level, right. uh, because you're sharing information with business leaders who have either seen that kind of exponential growth, or you know they're just coming up. But it's the sharing of ideas and actually having that that advisory board available to you. Right. That helps you manage uh, your business moving forward. And, uh, you know, I mean, I've made a lot of changes around here just based on being in tech and uh, and having, uh, you know, that feedback from those members. You know, in fact, friends today. Yeah, it's, I think that's right, right? It's finding the right group. It's uh, and making it what you want it to be, get, putting in what you want to get out type thing. Um yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to ask you to, to bring us into, um, bring us into any stories of, of big challenges, big, big drop-off points over the last uh, 15, 20 years, but I don't want to, I want to give you a chance to think about that. And while I do, um, I've never had the opportunity to, to tell our listeners about my Jim Pattison experience, but since you brought it up, I figured I would take sure. it. As well. So I was just finishing my MBA. Uh, it was a 12-month accelerated program at Simon Fraser University. Uh, it was 12 months because that was the year in 2010 when the Olympics were there. So instead of the normal two years, they squashed it into 12 months. So it was, right, it was almost like the last day, and Jim Pattison's crew came into our class and said, we're looking for three groups in here to assemble, and we want you to come up with a digital marketing strategy for the launch of our brand-new Scion uh, Toyota car. Yeah. So I put my hand up. I got into a group, and there's there was a uh, one one kid in my group that uh, I could tell he's going to be good with numbers and good with you know with with uh, you know all of the operational nuances of of, of a business. Um, whereas I was more of the, the run and gun sort of you know visionary. And and that that kid uh, ten years later, fast forward today, is still my business partner, and uh, 
and we cut our teeth on a, on a Jim Patterson experience. And we were right with him almost every week. And, and so I got a small glimpse of what you were talking about in terms of, uh, in terms of his very to the point and, and almost the games he gets, he plays to get to the same conclusion of what you were thinking in the first place. So he's sure. interesting, interesting guy. Well, so didn't, anyways, become, didn't become one of Canada's billionaires by being dumb. That's right. And I remember him always driving around in that car, but he wasn't driving his, uh, his assistant. What's, what's her name? Uh, Maureen Chan. Maureen. And she's like their, their family basically, right? Yes, they are. <laughs> it was a, it was an unbelievable experience. So thank you for bringing that up uh, with Jim Patterson. So anyways, the, the challenges, what was, what was a time where it was just like, Oh my God, are we going to get through this? Maybe oh. it was a people issue. Maybe it was uh whatever. It's right now. It's a right now issue. It's the last two, three years issue because we've had a struggling economy and, uh, you know, especially in Alberta, you know, so you always look at ways of, you know, how do you keep the business viable? And I'll, uh, I'll tell you what, during the lockdown last year, when that first happened, I was a little nervous. You know, all of a sudden, you know, we, we've essentially stopped everything. And even, you know, average Calgarians didn't know what to do. It's uh, they're being sent home. They're trying to work from home. It's uh it's a bit of a challenge. Even we had the same challenges here, but we were able to at least continue to operate. But how do you get people to buy when, you know, they're really not allowed to go out to your show homes? <laughs> now, fortunately, we were a bit, we were well ahead of the curve because we already had virtual tours in place. But, you know, the challenge today is how has that changed for people? You know, you can add in virtual tours, but, you know, how do, how do they purchase a home electronically? And that's, uh, that's really what we're kind of, trying to source out right now is, you know, how, how have consumers' attitudes changed about that? You know, can we take the remaining paper process within our company and turn it into an electronic process? Right. Yeah, because I think, we, you know, you've heard it before, and I tend to agree with it, is that we've taken consumer attitudes or experiences and accelerated them five years, all in a matter of a year. Yeah. That's a lot of catch-up to do. Right. And we sell, uh, you know, not an everyday item, we sell a luxury item. Right. So, I mean, it's, 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 it's a learning curve and, uh, you know, that's, it's also fun, but also a little bit scary for me because, you know, usually you have some time to, uh, to really hop on the trends and try and understand them. And now we're trying to squeeze all that into a year. Right. Or as I say, the next 10 months. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, hopefully not too much longer, but th there's going to be some, some permanent changes for sure. And it's, it's, uh, oh, yeah. So, I mean, buying the house is one thing uh, online, digitally, but what about, because obviously in, in these communities where you're building, you've forever leveraged parades, right? Uh, tours, sales centers, uh, events where the three builders get together. And, and How are you creating the lineup these days? Well, you're trying to do it digitally now. Right. Uh, that's the thing, you know, so we, we at least had some time last year to experiment with things. And, uh, you know, one, uh, one thing, uh, you know, the timing, uh, you know, call it fluky or what have you, I, uh, I ended up hiring a new GM of sales and marketing and she comes from the digital world. Uh, and she, uh, she brought in a couple of people who, uh, who were more familiar with, uh, with digital marketing. And, uh, we had that in place before we got out of, uh, 2019 so 2020 was a challenge for them, but they were able to, I don't want to use the word pivot because I'm, I'm to the point I actually hate it, but you know, they were able to pivot uh, quickly. And uh, we had a lot of these things in place, but they, uh, you know, they, they at least came with some knowledge and experience in that field and, uh, and were able to apply it quickly. 
you know, and that uh, that kind of attitude and that kind of knowledge is really infectious. And it's uh, that's how you benefit the customer because you know we're we're pushing more towards that direction every day. Right. Where are you guys building right now? I mean, is there anywhere left to build? I mean, are you in Okotoks yet? Basically, oh, all over the place. No, uh, we're not in Okotoks, but we are out in Airdrie, and we're in you know various corners of uh, of Calgary and. You know, truthfully, there are even more subdivisions opening up. Uh, you're going to see a couple, couple big ones open up West Calgary in the uh, this year yet. Uh, the Northeast is going strong. Yeah. You know, that corner is just it's it's a little boomtown. Uh, you know, the the deep Southeast is still moving along really well, as well as uh, Southwest Calgary. So there's opportunities around. Well, it's good because we're looking. We uh, we listed our house on last Monday morning. Yeah. By lunch, we had a, a an accepted offer like fifteen grand over what we listed it for. So really? we close April twenty first, <laughs> and I don't want to live with my in laws beyond uh, beyond that. So we got to figure this out. <laughs> I love, I still love them, so I want to make sure we keep it that way. Um, so one thing that's very interesting about you over the last little bit, and I'm sure those that follow would agree, is that you very publicly uh, have overcome what you said. Well, you were surprised by it. You were nervous in front of the camera on, on, on social media because you talk mm-hmm. to groups all the time. But you've kind of taken on this, this uh, uh, journey of very, very good and compelling and meaningful content. How did this... How does this start? Why did you want to do it? Because uh, it's not easy, right? I mean, it's. Uh, tell us about that journey. No, it's a bit of a challenge. Uh, you know, those digital experts I was telling you about, uh, they're also great people to challenge you. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're sitting there, we're having a conversation uh, this, this time last year, and they're, they're asking me questions about, you know, can you do a little bit more for us? Like, how? can you do a video? Can you do a little more social media? Can you, can you promote the company? I kind of looked at them, and uh, those who know me know I'm a little bit of a little bit finicky about you know my personal brand and you know separating it from the company brand. But you know the two are one and the same. I just don't want to be that uh, that salesy guy that's constantly plugging that way. So I said, "Sure, I'll support you. I'm just going to do it my own way." Yeah, there definitely was a bit of a fear of of video. but there were, you know, part of that fear was associated with being, you know, a bit more of a perfectionist. Right. Yeah. You know, I, uh, it, 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 it's something that, uh, you know, that I've grown to, uh, to love and, uh, and get a little more used to, but I still don't really like watching myself on videos. So. Well, I don't watch any of these podcasts. I try not, I watch them once so I can hear what, what you said again, but I, I understand what you're saying. Um, for what it's worth. I mean, it, it really is fantastic content because. Thank you. Um, You'd only have to watch it for 15, 10, 15 seconds to know that there's some true heart and some, some authenticity behind it. Um, uh, and you're talking about things sometimes totally unrelated to, to marketing your product, right? A lot of times, in fact, it's about self-improvement. It's about reflection. It's about giving yourself a break when, mm-hmm. when stuff gets too crazy. Um, even oh, recently, there was a mess. I wanted to be different, right? Sorry, go ahead. That's where I wanted to be, uh, to be different. I couldn't, uh, like I said, I couldn't go out there and just plug an advertisement. And it, 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 the way I explain social media to our staff it, or their marketing team is, I said, really, to me, it's always been a networking event. But you wouldn't walk around a networking event with, you know, a sign on your chest. 
right. just handing out business cards and running away. I said, you know, there's there's that uh, that that authenticity factor to it. Yeah. You know, you have to be able to share something more than just, hey, this is Shane. I'm Shane. This is what I do for a living. Yeah. No, I mean, people connect with people when when they know you on a personal level. Right. You know, so we talk about kids in soccer. We, you know, I can talk about on my videos, I, I, I talk about, you know, life experiences. Like you said, I mean, I, I, I've had a lot of business experiences and a lot of life experiences at this point. Hopefully people watch if they don't want to. Well, then, you know, I'm happy. I'm. I'm uh, I'm turning out uh, information that I feel is valuable and you know, people it's resonated with some people, which is awesome. Totally. So outside of these videos, obviously, our a large part of our audience is a, is a marketing audience, and we like to we like to talk about business growth, but we also like to dive into um, how marketing strategy intersects and intersects and plays a uh, critical role in this growth journey. Um, mm-hmm. What are some of the marketing strategies that you guys are leveraging right now that you're excited about, that you're, you're curious about. Um, our audience loves to hear different perspectives. <laughs> well, I mean, obviously hopping into the digital space, you know, we're a very old, uh, very old company at 41 plus years and, uh, you know, uh, dropping that tradition, not dropping, that's a horrible way to say it, you know, shifting, you know, that, uh, that marketing strategy from, from traditional to more digital. So, and flipping flipping it from a you know a seventy percent traditional to a seventy percent digital is a big change, and you know understanding all the uh, all the tools available to you that uh, that make sense nowadays. You know that's uh, that's been a bit of a uh, a bit of a challenge in a new way of moving forward. But uh, you know how do you service the customer is uh, is one of the biggest things, and that's really what what we think uh, is one of the key things that define us is you know. How do you make that customer experience a positive one? How do you make it fun for them? And, and how do you keep them engaged? How do you communicate with them properly? You know, so there's ways in the digital space to uh, to be able to do that. And uh, you know, that's what we're working hard on right now is being able to communicate that message a lot better and make it fun. You've made a career out of uh, understanding and valuing your customer. Um, and I'm of the mindset that uh, actually as a digital marketing agency owner, uh, I talk about traditional more than a lot of people I know. I love traditional uh, marketing. Yeah. I, love, I don't I don't see, uh, obviously they're different, but ultimately the differentiator is having that intimate understanding of your customer. So tell us, what have you learned about a Shane Home buyer over the last 20, 30 years? Like who, who are these people? Well, they've changed over the last 31 years. Uh, you know, when I started off at the company, there wasn't a lot of demographic information in place. So we, I had to quickly move to, uh, to getting that in place. And, you know, what we learned at the time was, you know, that, uh, that customer was primarily Caucasian, uh, 35 to 45. You know, they had uh, two plus possibly one kid, you know, with, uh, with one possibly two pets in the house. How that compares to now is uh, the customer base is, you know, know, very ethnically diverse. Uh, 25 to 35 is the primary age group. Uh, They might have one kid or they might not. You know, but they definitely have, they definitely have a pet. But, you know, you're, you're able to drill down a lot deeper and find out that, you know, they do spend time traveling. They are buying a home, especially 
to live in more so than as an investment like they were 30 years ago. Mm. Now people want to live there. And, uh, you know, I think uh, being the, uh, the research nerd that I am, now I want to know how much do they want to live there? What do they really want to use their home for? Right. So it's, uh, it's going to be fun over the next year trying to get that, uh, that research done, especially in a, uh, in a COVID world where we can't do listening or focus groups the way we used to. So it's just another challenge to try and overcome and, uh, and get the data that, uh, that you need to make really informed decisions on what you, what you provide people moving forward. Right. Do you guys spend any time thinking about your, your uh, customers' lifetime value are you getting these uh of course young, young couple and, and tell me um tell me about how you approach that uh well you know i mean you always get these companies or all these salespeople who talk about you know the million dollar customer i would say that most of them don't believe it they just think of the sale in front of them no i mean we're trying to create a relationship with uh with people for the long term you know and uh you know it's uh we want to provide them that experience. So how do you do that? Well, you start them off with, you know, with, uh, with condominiums and, and you, you have to offer them, uh, you know, upgrades when they're ready to move to, to jump to the next level, which might be, uh, you know, a street town. And then the next level might be a semi-detached home. The next level might be their first single family home right down to, you know, are they going to retire in a bungalow somewhere out in the company or out in the country rather? Yeah, so there is a life cycle to customers buying homes, and it's usually five or six homes over their lifetime. Yeah. So can we accommodate them? Well, the only uh, the only space that's uh, that's not mentioned there that's left is you know can we sell them a plot in a uh, in a uh, cemetery? <laughs> oh, we're not going to go there, but I do joke about it. But how do you guys stay in touch with the? So you you sell someone on say a condo, bright bright eyed, bushy tailed, just got their first job, young couple. How do you stay in touch with them until that point when the, the retirement party? <laughs> well, even that has to evolve over time because, you know, we had a uh, you know, pretty decent uh, process through the phone and, uh, and through email. Mm-hmm. But now with, you know, these things, yeah. you're able to, to get in contact with people anytime. And uh, you do have to check with them. You do have to find out what their preference is up front. Yeah, because I mentioned to you that our customer base has changed so dramatically. So in certain ends of the uh, the city, I mean, people people will prefer text more so than anything because in their daily job, they're not able to check their phone right. and they don't want a long-winded email. So you're able to text them some of the information and, you know, with, uh, with the way phones are now, they can get back to you 24-7 if they want. Yeah. You know, so it's adding that convenience in to keep people connected and, uh, and keep them in the loop the whole way through. Right. It's not just a phone call. It's not just an email anymore. Yeah. And I, I was obviously looking through your guys is uh, the, the people involved in the, in the company on LinkedIn. There's a lot of, you see a lot of words like, uh, you know, um, relation, client relation, customer relation. Uh, you know, there's like multiple people involved in this. And so and these aren't necessarily just salespeople, right? This is uh, being people well, that dedicate their day to being in touch. Not anymore. No, uh, you know, we're actually, we're, we're very proud of the fact that, you know, that we have some very long-term staff, but, you know, at the same time, you're, you're, you're trying to evolve in a process and you're trying to involve, you know, the people within the company. And that's where we're at really now is trying to improve that customer experience. So more recently, we, uh, we just hired a customer experience manager 
And, you know, she, uh, you know, she oversees the, uh, the service team, but she touches every end of the company because she's trying to improve the experience. Right. And you'll see more of those changes as time goes on because those, that's just what happens. A company evolves over time. And, you know, we've been around for 41 plus years. I want to be around for another 40. For Maybe sure. I won't be around the whole 40, but, well, you know. At least we'll create something, uh, you know, that'll endure time and, uh, and yeah, keep rolling. I always ask uh, guests of mine or people I'm talking to that do business with family. How mm-hmm. how is that? Uh, tell us about the relationship with, with your dad. That can be fun and that can be challenging at times, yeah. you know, because you you have to remind them that uh, you know it's it's a business first and foremost. Yeah. You know, and being family, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's been tough. You know, I've had uh, family members that have worked here that no longer work here. You know, some have left of their own volition. Some had to help out the door. And, uh, you know, largely because, you know, they can't change or they, you know, they can take advantage of the situation. It's yeah. tough. Uh, and to be honest, that's where, uh, that's where tech came in uh, through the, biz- with the business advisory group. Because how do you deal with that? How do you let a family member go? How do you tell them that, you know, we, we, we have to change things and either you change with it or you can't be here anymore. That was, that, that, that's been, those have been some of the challenging times in, uh, in, in my career at least. I've hired. And I always seem to be in the middle of it. Yeah, that's right. But I mean, strong winds make strong trees, right? And I'm sure those familial bonds and, and I don't know how the two of you can't, look at a vi- the video you posted recently on LinkedIn, where it's like the circa 1980s uh, and not be proud of how this is gone. Right. Oh, absolutely proud of it. Uh, you know, it's, and you know, every day it's just, it's more fun because there's a different challenge that pops up. Uh, but starting from absolutely nothing to where it is today, uh, you know, cause it's not even just housing. It's uh, it's multifamily, it's land development as well. So yeah. there's, there's a lot of different, different parts within it and uh, you know my father Cal and I always joke because uh, he sits there and he says I I don't totally understand what you do in your job because my job was completely different as president yeah that's right times have changed right times have uh, changed a lot the topic of family I, I've I've hired all three of my younger brothers one of them quit the other was a mutual parting ways and the third one we had to usher out the door and uh, yeah. and my mom is actually our office uh, cleaner and it's looking a little it's looking a little dusty in here so we're gonna have to have a conversation oh yeah fun and games yeah so if you could um where was when you were let's say you were maybe when did you start taking over the the marketing role at at shane oh that would be well i was uh, i started off as a marketing assistant and i uh, became the marketing manager probably about four years after that okay so and you, then as the company grew, I just kept moving up the ladder. Right. Where was your hangout spot when you were maybe mid-20s or whenever, whenever this was? In terms <laughs> of, uh, if you're going to go grab a coffee and a, and a sandwich, where, where are you hanging out? Uh, well, our offices were downtown at the time. And I'd go across the street to, uh, to Buchanan's because they had great scotch in their bar. Perfect. Okay. <laughs> so do, us, do me a favor here. If you could... If you could go back and sort of hover a, 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 a above uh, young Shane there sitting in Buchanan's and you have five minutes with, with that Shane. Yeah. What are you, what are you telling him? Um, I'll leave it at that. 
That's a good question. You know, uh, have more patience for one. Hmm. You can appreciate when you're 20 years old, you're a little more fiery. And, uh, you know, you expect people to have the same passion for the business that you do. <laughs> and when they don't, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's hugely disappointing. At my age and stage, I can kind of understand it and I, uh, and I accept it. But, you know, 20-year-old Shane would not accept it. <laughs> You know, but, uh, you know, I'd always say, you know, look towards the future, you know, and that's not always easy for everyone, uh, you know, because we can, it's too easy to look, uh, look towards the end of next week or the end of the next month and, uh, and say, okay, things are good. But, you know, look five years out, look 10 years out. You're not going to base a business plan on that, but you at least have to imagine right. what it could look like or where it could go to, yeah. you know, but never, uh, never get complacent either mm-hmm. because it always changes. Always. Yeah. Every day. Each and every day. Well, again, you know, I, who knew we would we would be uh, where we were last uh, last March, and where are we going to be today? You know, so it, yeah, it has to change. Mm-hmm. You know, and if uh, if you can't accept change, well, then it's really it's time to step out of the way. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, you know strong strong companies that have strong leaders. Uh, typically, those strong leaders. Not always, but they have good, solid routines. Mm-hmm. Are you a man of routine? Is it a is it a morning or an evening routine? And what goes into that, and how does that help you? <laughs> well, my partner Matt knows enough to get out of my way in the morning because <laughs> I, I have a routine just to get out the get out the door. But uh, during the day, I mean, I have a routine here where you know it's. I have meetings set up on certain days, certain times, certain hours, and I move through them because, you know, I, I, I've never been the one to sit there and say I'm going to work 16 hours a day. You know, I'll work, uh, I'll work long hours if I have to, but, you know, I like to be the most efficient. Yeah, so sometimes, I mean, you can be accused of, you know, being a little bit, uh, you know, too impersonal, but, uh, you know, I want to be able to get through it and, uh, and, and at least have a home life. Yeah. yeah, that was, uh, you know, that was vastly important when, uh, when my son was young too, because I would work it so that I was his soccer coach for a while there, but I always wanted to be home for him in the evening. So yeah, that routine is important. Uh, you know, and it's, it seems almost robotic at times, but it's well worth it at the end of the day, because at least it gives you some stability and, uh, and you're able to at least get through your day without being so uh, flustered or, or out of control. I like a little bit of order. I don't mind a little bit of chaos. A little, a little of each, you know, you're right. <laughs> it's, uh, it's good to hear that, man, because I have a, I have a two-year-old daughter and, uh, you know, you always, you always wonder, right? When you're, well, you don't wonder. I'm mean, obviously your kids are first and your family's first, but yeah. well, is it, is it a matter of, uh, I'm trying to grow, obviously I'm in growth mode of our company and, um, and uh, but everyone who's been on the show, this podcast that has kids, it's been a resounding sort of unanimous uh, a conversation around absolutely not right. It's it's whatever it means. Four thirty, start packing stuff up because that that yeah, you know you, that can't be replaced. That dinner with 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 the kids and uh, well, and that's the most important thing, Caleb. Uh, yeah, I. <laughs> You know, and, I, and, and and don't get me wrong. I mean, I don't hold any ill will to it. But you know, when I was growing up, my father worked enormous hours because he was building he was building the group of companies. But he was he was doing something for our family. 
So I don't regret that. And, uh, you know, he's even asked me and I said, I've had to assure him, I, I, I don't feel any, uh, any frustration towards you about that. But I said, you have to understand that when it comes to my son, I said, I want to be there for him. And, uh, you know, I've even told Sebastian that, you know, he, he couldn't figure it out until he actually came to work with me one day when he was in grade 10 because he had the job shadow for the day. So we got up, we got to the office, you know, he, uh, he sat through what he called four of the most boring meetings of his entire life. And uh, he, uh, you know, he's, he's kind of looking at me at 3.30 saying, can we go home now? I'm like, no. I said, we got a function to go to tonight. Oh no! So I took him to the uh, to the function as well, and uh, you know, and as we're uh, we're rolling out of there at eight o'clock at night, he falls asleep in the front seat of the vehicle, and we uh, we pull in. I wake him up. He uh, he gets in. He goes upstairs. He turns around. He comes back down, and he gives me a hug, and he says, "Dad, I now understand." <laughs> I said, "Good." That's awesome. Well, you can look at it the, with your dad. You could you could look at it this way, right? And you probably have that he, all the those long hours he put in basically granted you the opportunity where you have the, the ability to spend that time with your kid, right? Oh, absolutely, and that's why there's there's no regrets and there's no frustrations, uh, you know, towards him because he built something great. Now I just want to make it even better. Yeah, you know, and, uh, it's kind of funny now because uh, you know he uh, he still comes into the office. You know, he's, uh, he's 77 now. He still drives the job sites every Saturday. He still comes into the office every morning for an hour or two because he's always worked at his own home office, but he came into the office for an hour or two with notes. Well, now the notes aren't that much. And he works on larger things for the company, even outside of the company with, uh, with his own foundation. But he still has a passion for the business. He just doesn't feel as comfortable in it anymore with the way things have changed. But he's still a great source of knowledge and, uh, you know, and he's uh, still well-respected around this industry. Absolutely. No doubt about that. And, and as are you, and as is this company. So I, uh, I appreciate you bringing us down the, down the uh, story of little story of growth and um, well, multiple times growth and, uh, and what some of the ingredients are for growth and talking to us about your marketing plan. I think that, um, uh, I think that this is great, and and uh, I really do appreciate. It. I know you're a busy guy, so uh, oh, I appreciate this. Appreciate, it. and hopefully, um, hopefully, this can go into your uh, your rolodex of content for your LinkedIn. I don't know; it's pretty huge to fill when uh, when you're. <laughs> what my part time job is uh, is social media influencer. Right. Sure, right. <laughs> awesome, Shane. Well, I appreciate it, man. Thanks for uh, thanks for bringing us uh, on this story. Caleb, okay, well, thank you, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it.